Welcome everyone. Today I want to share with you briefly about Ayurveda and Ayurvedic lifestyle and nutrition. First of all, Ayurveda means the science of longevity. Ayur means longevity. Veda means science. It is an old system of health from India. It is the most commonly used form of health care and uh, wellness system in India as well as many parts of Asia. Its fundamental principles are aligned with the laws of nature and it was created for the alleviation of human suffering. So it covers all aspects of life. It's not just yoga and food. It covers caring for the elderly, postpartum care, pregnancy care, new baby care, uh, fertility, ENT, surgery, rejuvenation, purification, and on and on and on. Ayurveda states that the human body is composed of the same elements that are the building blocks of this universe. And the five elements are space, air, fire, water, and earth. It is said that space is the first element out of which air, fire, water, and earth operate as other building blocks of life. And nature is the best representation of the five elements. And our closest connection to nature is through food. So when the elements are balanced inside the body and the mind through the intake of fresh, high pranic foods or foods with high levels of life force, the body is able to access deeper nourishment from Mother Earth. And of course, with proper nutrition, health, vitality, strength, and immunity are maintained, all of which are really essential for good health. And good health not only in the body, but also good health in our mind, in our hearts, and feeling that deeper sense of fulfillment on a daily basis. So Ayurveda generally categorizes the elements into sets of two in order to um, decide the doshas. So air and space together are called vata, water and fire, primarily fire with a little less water is called pitta, and earth and water combined together is called kapha. So vata is primarily comprised of air and space and it governs functions such as respiration, childbirth, menstruation, elimination, movement. Pitta is composed of fire and a small bit of water and it's responsible for metabolism, digestion, transformation, um, and kapha is made of earth and water and it governs lubrication, structure, strength, and immunity. So as you can tell, we can't really be just one dosha, vata, pitta, or kapha. We're actually all three of them in varying degrees of balance and or imbalance. But all of us 
are a unique blend of all three of these doshas. So essentially each individual in their physiology, mental and emotional makeup, their own unique blend of these five elements. And when these elements increase or decrease because of lifestyle and food choices, they become what's called a dosha, which we just learned about, or that which is in a faulty state or that which is imbalanced. Nearly everything in the yogic tradition as well as the Ayurvedic tradition focuses on balancing all these elements in the individual. It is said that a balanced body and mind have fewer issues with digestion, elimination, sleep, and immunity. It is also said that a balanced person is able to experience joy, enthusiasm, freedom from worry, and is also able to express love and gratitude easily. They're forgiving, they are gentle and tender and kind, and take life lightly. So balancing the doshas means to bring ourselves to a state of love and ease, flexibility in the body and mind, and to enjoy good digestion and sleep. And of course, fundamentally to awaken consciousness, meaning to recognize that although we have a body and a mind, we are neither the body nor the mind, we actually are pure consciousness. However, in an imbalanced state, for instance, avata dosha exhibits symptoms of weight loss, constipation, dryness, dry skin, erratic sleep, erratic eating habits. Vata imbalance is also indicated by overthinking, worry, fear, anxiety, um, and just feeling spacey and just feeling very loopy in the mind. Pitta people, on the other hand, because of a dominance of fire in them, they are prone to anger, judgment, frustration, inflammation, and skin rashes. Kapha people, because they're so dense and moist and heavy, they face weight gain, depression, overeating, and procrastination as some of their imbalances. Now, it's important for us to know where these doshas are, where they live in the physical body. So vata energy is located primarily in the colon, but it's also present in the thighs, hips, ears, bones, and organs of hearing and touch. Pitta is concentrated in the small intestine, but it's also present in the stomach, in our sweat glands, blood, lymph, and the eyes. Kapha, its primary location is in the stomach, but it's also present in the chest, the throat, the head, pancreas, fat, and also in the sense organ uh, for smell, which is our nose. How can you make Ayurveda easy for you to incorporate into your life on a daily basis? Well, there are many ways, but one simple way to make sense of Ayurveda, which then allows you to make it part of your life, is to understand a principle called the principle of opposites. And we use this principle of opposites to treat imbalances. 
So basically it means that if there is a overheated body and mind, cool it. If there is a cold and damp body and mind, stimulate it with warmth and heat. And if somebody is dry and pruney in their skin and in their being and overly dry, oleate them, which means oil them and then have them take a bath. So because vatas tend to be cold, Ayurveda suggests that they eat warm foods. So soups, oatmeal, porridge with stewed fruits, lots of cooked greens, warm teas, and avoiding raw foods. Also for vatas, using small amounts of ghee, which is clarified butter in your meals each day, is wonderful for stimulating proper digestion, but also oiling, keeping the body oleated from within. Of course, using warm spices such as cumin, black pepper, cinnamon, clove, fennel in your cooking is also very useful. Um, a great appetizer for vatas, and this is not the restaurant kind of appetizer, this is an Ayurvedic appetizer, where you take a sliver of ginger with a tiny bit of sea salt and a few drops of lime juice, and you chew on this just before you start eating your meal. And this gets your digestive fire going. It's great for digestion, great for increasing metabolism and such. Also, vatas um, can enjoy legumes such as mung beans, red lentils, brown and black lentils, cooked with warming spices as well as ginger. Herbs such as basil, oregano, parsley are wonderful additions to vata people's diet. Lastly, of course, you can use a bit of sesame oil to bring warmth to the, to the vata body. Now, vatas respond best to warmth, nurturing touch, and a stress-free environment along with a regular routine. So, a daily hot oil massage or even just a scalp and foot massage along with a hot shower or bath is very soothing for vata. Chanting mantras gently and quietly, being still and meditative is very, very good for vata pacifying. Being in nature, taking baths, um, and just staying warm is very important for vata people. And grounding asanas such as child's pose, legs up the wall, seated forward folds, all support balancing vata. Pitta people, they require cooling because they tend to be fire dominant. So here we are applying the principle of opposites here. So Pitta people require cooling. They do best, best with salads, fresh, sweet, juicy fruit. Cooked beans such as black-eyed peas are great additions to balance Pitta in the body and mind. Ghee and olive oil are best for cooking Herbs, uh, great herbs like mint, cilantro, dill are wonderful for pitta. Lemon and lime are very good for cooling pitta as well. Definitely favor melons, cucumbers, grapes, pears, apples. They're very cooling and alkalizing, alkalizing for the body. 
Cooked greens also detoxify a hot liver. And small amounts of ginger along with cumin and fennel and turmeric uh, as well as coriander are perfect additions to a pitta diet. Um, if a pitta person wants and craves yogurt, it is best uh, taken as a drink. And we call it buttermilk in Ayurveda. You put uh, two tablespoons of yogurt, plain yogurt, with a cup of water in the blender and run it till it becomes frothy and it changes the composition of a yogurt from being uh, heating and warming to a cooling and then pittas can consume that and have a great benefit to their gut. Uh, pittas of course should avoid onions, garlic, chilies and alcohol because they're very heating. Um, pittas also respond beautifully to greenery in nature. They can pacify themselves by staying away from their phones and other technology, spending time even near just water bodies, uh, like a lake or ocean or pond, a stream is very helpful to Pitta people. Swimming is great, hiking in the woods is wonderful for Pittas. Deep meditative practices and pranayama are very beneficial for balancing a Pitta mind, which is very activity-driven, project-driven, very dynamic, very intelligent, active minds. And um, they can also be very critical of themselves and judgmental of others. So for them, heart-opening asanas really helps to move away from judgment to creating that love and openness in the heart. Pitta people can also benefit from a warm coconut oil body massage, and a scalp massage uh, also for soothing pitta. Now kaphas on the other hand because they're moist and dense they require drying as well as stimulating foods. So they do best with eating only two meals a day and they feel more balanced with pungent foods um, and they must eat sweets and foods such as pasta and rice in great moderation ginger, chilies, cloves, cinnamon, black pepper, turmeric are really balancing for kapha people. Beans such as garbanzos, kidneys, pinto uh, beans are astringent enough to balance kapha so they can definitely enjoy that. Now although raw salads are great for kapha because they have a drying effect, um, their digestive fire may be dampened so it is important that they use uh, a dressing that contains enough warming ingredients to digest the raw food including ginger, pepper um, and um, rosemary and such. Kaffas of course do best with small amounts of oil, brown rice and quinoa. In terms of lifestyle, kaphas require stimulation and targets. By that I mean they need a project with a deadline that they can work towards. Otherwise, things just fall by the wayside. You know, they're so relaxed, they're so easygoing that they just will say, oh, I'll do it later, and we don't know when that later is. For the body, if they can run and jog, it's fantastic. If not, and along with, a rigorous yoga practice is very beneficial. 
asanas such as spinal twists, chair pose, and of course the most amazing sun salutation or Surya Namaskar is wonderful for kaphas. Um, waking up just before sunrise and exercising is very helpful to a kapha person to create that dynamism in the body and the mind to get them active and going. So that's how we use the principle of opposites. Um, now I will share briefly about dietary recommendations that are good for all doshas. Lifestyle recommendations actually more like when it comes to eating. So eating your meals at the same time every day is very supportive for your metabolism. And absolutely avoid drinking iced water or cold beverages with meals. Always sit down to eat. Always take five seconds to give gratitude for your food. And uh, eat slowly. Do not be in a rush. And do not combine dairy with fish. Always eat melons by themselves. Always eat fruit by itself before eating anything cooked or savory. Um, do not combine eggs with seafood. Milk is always consumed by itself. Avoid aged cheeses if you can. And eat in silence or just enjoy happy conversations that are light and nurturing Nothing heavy, no controversial topics during mealtimes because it seriously impairs your digestion. Best times to eat are breakfast by 8, lunch between noon and 1, and dinner no later than 7 p.m. Avoid or limit fried foods. And uh, sip boiled water that is warm or hot, which is my favorite beverage with meals. Because this liquefies fats from your meal and it also supports digestion. And it feels good in the belly. And you don't need a lot. Maybe two to three ounces of hot water with, with each meal is plenty. And you can drink water later. Usually about 45 minutes after you have a meal, you get this incredible urge, big thirst. And you can totally give in to that and drink a lot of water. But with your meal, you want to just have two to three ounces of boiled water that is still hot. Now in Ayurveda, we have this very beautiful um, awareness about the six tastes. It is said that the human palate can experience satiation by including all six tastes in a meal. And uh, you can probably guess what they are, but I will tell you they are sweet, sour, pungent, astringent, bitter, and salty. These six tastes, of course, they correlate to the doshas. So to eat a balanced meal, all you have to do is include the six tastes. And it is said that all the intelligence of the five elements will automatically be included in your meal. So the taste of sweet decreases vata and pitta, but of course increases kapha. Sweet is found in protein, fat, and carbohydrates. It is essentially a taste that builds and sustains the body. In the West, the general association with sweet is sugary products like candy and ice cream. But in Ayurveda, in addition to sugar, meat, oils, and butter are also considered sweet. 
milk too is is sweet, as are cereals, grains, and sweet fruit. And the taste of sour decreases vata and increases pitta and kapha. So sour tastes are found in citrus fruit, fermented foods and drinks such as yogurt, sour cream, cheese, vinegar, and alcohol. Now our next one is salty. Salty foods decrease vata and increases pitta and kapha. So sea salt, sea vegetables, olives, and tamari are some examples. Bitter foods, one of my favorite food groups. Bitter foods increases vata and decreases pitta and kapha. Bitter flavor is typically found in leafy greens or vegetables such as chard, cilantro, broccoli, cabbage, um, zucchini, spinach, um, fenugreek, amaranth, and on and on. Um, of course, also green tea and turmeric. So I have pitta tendencies, so I love cooked greens. Our next uh, taste is astringent. It increases vata and decreases pitta and kapha. Foods that possess astringent taste have a drying effect on the body and include beans, lentils, pulses, but also green grapes, unripe bananas, pomegranates, and cranberries. So anything that's airy will dry you out. So if you're eating a lot of lentils, you want to make sure that you use warming spices and also include plenty of ghee to balance it out. And our last taste is pungent. Pungent foods increase vata and pitta, and they decrease kapha. So this is the taste of peppery heat. Pungency is found in spices such as cayenne, cloves, hot peppers, and of course foods such as garlic and onions. So vata and pitta people should use this in great moderation. Now you might be wondering how am I going to bring all these six tastes into my meal? Is this a big project? Will I be able to do it? Well, actually, it's very simple because you're not required to eat large quantities to satisfy each of these tastes. And here's a great example. So a dash of black pepper on your soup will suffice for the pungency. A green salad or cooked greens will take care of the bitter taste. Lentils added onto the same salad will cover astringent. And a small bit of rice and ghee will give you the sweetness you require. Um, a small bit of lime juice and a sprinkle of salt on the salad, and of course there will be salt in your other foods, will take care of the salty and sour tastes. <clears throat> so, as you can see, it's quite simple. But here's what I would love for you to do. The next time you eat a meal that covers all six tastes, when you finish your meal, just sit down for five minutes. Don't be in a rush to get up and clean. Simply observe how your belly feels after eating. Notice if there is a sense of satiation, satisfaction, kind of deep contentment. Observe to see if you have any cravings. I doubt if you will. 
So a meal that balances all the elements in you is a meal worth enjoying. It's a meal worth cooking and savoring. So here are a few more guidelines that will help you remain balanced when you enjoy your meals. So eat the right amount of food as per your dosha. For example, vatas need more food because they're so small and uh, I don't mean small as in height, but they're just slender. Kaphas need less food and pittas, because of their strong fire, they need three meals a day. Eat good quality food. You don't need to buy everything organic, but at least buy some of your, especially the produce, organic. Make it fresh, seasonal, and homemade. That's your investment in your health. And when you're cooking, cook with love and care, without haste or negative emotions or in stressful conditions, because all that energy will go into your food, and when you eat it, all that will go into your body. So these are just some very basic Ayurvedic guidelines for you. So enjoy understanding yourself through the doshas and your relationship with nature. You can take the dosha quiz that will be attached with this audio. Uh, Bask in the results of taking care of your digestion, taking care of your body and your mind. And um, I wish for you a great, strong, powerful immune system and good health lifelong. That is my wish and my prayer for you. And thank you so much for being here.